society through our blood? Are you ready for more classical music than you can handle? What's new on Taco Bell's menu? And is Earth going to be destroyed in 2046? Find out the answers to these questions and more on this episode of Knickknack News. I'm Anthony. And I'm Alex. And my first story today is anxiety news. This is from ScienceAlert.com. The headline is, Scientists have developed a blood test for anxiety. So, you can... I mean, I can tell you I'm anxious without that, but (laughs) what does it involve? (laughs) Me too. (laughs) But now it can be measured instead of just, like, verbally explained. (laughs) Instead of just knowing. Yeah, right. (laughs) So, a bit of background first. Anxiety disorders are very common and vastly affect people's quality of life, so it's important to try to understand, diagnose, and treat them better over time. According to a new study published in Molecular Psychiatry... Researchers have developed a blood test to determine a person's risk of developing anxiety while also providing insight into its current severity and best course of treatment. Oh, wow. That's a lot of facets. I know. The test, based on biomarkers strongly associated with the mood disorder, can also predict if a person is likely to get more anxious in the future and how (laughs) other things... Don't tell them. That'll just make them more anxious. It's like one of those things. It's like you're testing for something, but it actually causes it. It because causes you test the thing. It. It's like a Schrodinger. Isn't that what that is? Like the Schrodinger's Oh, yeah. Thing? It's like, like you're not sure until you find out. Once you find out, it it's, ruins the test. It ruins it, yeah. It's like you test for anxiety. It causes the person to be anxious, so it ruins the test. Um, oh, no. The test was right. <laughs> so... Yeah, um, the other thing what they mentioned was that something about how changes in hormones can affect your anxiety, that they're thinking this can help understand that more okay. as well. So the recent study um, made use of techniques that members of this team actually developed in earlier research, leading to creation of blood tests for depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, bipolar disorder, and pain. So all of those things, they're, you know, now they're moving on to anxiety. Okay. Using evidence from three different groups of research participants – the team was able to find and confirm 19 different blood biomarkers that can be used to predict these changes in anxiety. Hmm. There are a variety of social and psychological, as well as physiological, therapies for anxiety disorders, but it's difficult for doctors to find the balance of medications or therapy in the right amounts and at the right times for their patients. So the hope is that this new blood biomarker test can be used to match patients with the right medications and also measure how well treatment's actually working. So, like, actually use some type of quantitative something to, like, mm-hmm. help inform that instead of just, how do you feel now? <laughs> Maybe let's try a different thing and see what that does. Like, yeah, so. that's cool. Yeah. And um, this article also said that now that this test has been validated, there's a startup that's creating the blood tests. So, it's not, it's not like, available today, but it's but going it's, to be working on soon. It. Yeah. So, I thought that was cool. I will await it with anxious anticipation. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about that, too. I'm like, I will sit here anxiously until the blood tests <laughs> until, are available. Until they can confirm this is, in fact, anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> My first story this week is music news. This is from Lifehacker. 
And uh, I apologize because this entire story just sounds like a huge ad for what I'm about to talk about. Okay. Um, but the headline is, you should pre-order Apple Music Classical today. <laughs> it's not an ad, I swear. This is just... It does sound this like This is just the, uh, the angle they decided to take on this story. Um, so... Uh, the, yeah, the article says searching for classical music on traditional streaming plat- platforms is difficult since there is so much classical music and also so many versions of the same um, piece. That's uh, true. So Apple is launching Apple Music Classical on Tuesday, March 28th as a dedicated standalone app uh, that's included in the Apple Music subscription service uh, in order to address these problems. So it's a separate app from Apple Music, but it's the same. Like if you subscribe to Apple Music, you also get this. Um so they uh, Apple acquired the uh, classical streaming service Primephonic in 2021. I've never heard of Primephonic. Oh, I, I guess I never will because they were acquired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so this is likely them making use of that platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason uh, a specific a specifically classical themed Apple Music app works is because of how classical music itself works, which yeah. Um, unlike most of today's music, where like because of copyright laws, it's really expensive to publish a mainstream cover of like a living artist's songs or a recently deceased artist's songs. Um, most classical composers are dead. Uh, <laughs> kind of a weird thing to say, but it's true. Uh, and they didn't live in a time of recorded music at all. So orchestras and other groups of musicians fill in the gaps, making their own versions of the pieces. And that just results in an unwieldy number of recordings for any given piece of music, especially yeah. like the classic especially for like the classical classics like beethoven and yes etc Mozart, <laughs> bach bach <laughs> um so yeah apple music classical fixes this problem by simplifying these uh, classical musical classical music catalogs uh, and making them easy to navigate you search for a particular piece and then it organizes a list of popular recordings of that piece um, so you can easily browse through the top options. And in some cases you'll even see like an editor's handpicked, like preferred recording of oh. that particular piece, plus a description of the piece itself. So it's like almost like an education tool as well. Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, like they had some screenshots in the article of what it would look like. And basically like, yeah, you search for a piece and then it presents like a whole bunch of but like it just like the top recordings of it, which just should make it easier to find hopefully what you're looking for. Um, hmm. As opposed to like trying to search for like something in A minor on like a traditional streaming platform, you probably could get like a bunch of the wrong song and like the recording, like no rhyme or reason to the order of the recordings or anything. So, yeah, I can say from experience <laughs> that is true because I do listen to classical music periodically on Spotify and it's like hard to. Yeah. Yeah, like you can't, like if you search for a piece, I mean, it does, it comes up with a list of different recordings of it, I guess, but there's what you said, there's no rhyme or reason to them, it's, really. Like, yeah. I don't really actually know what they use to rank it. And sometimes there's stuff in there that's like, no, this isn't really what I, yeah. It, yeah. So this sounds better. This sounds like, yeah, it seems like a reasonable solution to a difficult problem. Um, and yeah, this article also said you can pre order the app today, which just means it'll notify you when it's available because it's, oh. it's free unless you. If you have Apple Music already, like there's nothing else to pay for. Um, but yeah, Apple Music classical. I'm not a big classical music person, but this sounded interesting, like just from like a problem solving perspective. Yeah. And okay, I actually I appreciate that they are 
putting time and energy into that space because I think a lot of people really do listen to classical music still, even though it's not modern necessarily. (laughs) But people come up with like new kind of like interpretations of pieces and stuff Mm -hmm. still all the time. So yeah. Well, it seems like it could be a good tool too for like discovering stuff. Yeah. Because there isn't really a good place to do that, right? Like finding new classical music. Mm-hmm. I don't no, think something not. tells me Spotify doesn't have like today's top fi- 50 classical <laughs> recording. Probably like, not. Probably not. The, seem... the top 50 classical pay- playlist. Yeah. Probably not. So, no, it seems like it could be kind of a neat thing for, especially yeah. if people have an interest in that music. And it's nice that they're including it in the regular program as well yeah that's again cool. this isn't an ad i know it sounds like yeah, that. This is like, <laughs> just, i don't I just actually have apple music yeah so. i don't either <laughs> <laughs> i don't and i never will because i subscribe to spotify I, How's I that? Also, <laughs> <laughs> this is not an ad this would be, be a real bad ad for your service <laughs> <laughs> and now for a special segment where anthony and i try a beverage that we talked about in a prior episode yeah it is da, 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 the Bailey's Vanilla Mint Shake flavor stuff. L- liqueur. liqueur. <laughs> <laughs> stuff. Yeah. It's true. It's, it's stuff. So I did buy some of this, and I have it now, and I poured some for us so we could try it, and we'll let you all know what it tastes like. All right. Ready? Let's try it. It tastes like Bailey's. <laughs> I think it tastes more like Bailey's than it does Mint. Shamrock Shake. Shamrock. It does it does have kind of a Shamrock Shake aftertaste. Okay, yeah, it's like I'm getting more of it as as I as I let it sit. That initial hit is pure Bailey's. <laughs> like it's just Yeah. I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Bailey's with a Shamrock Shake aftertaste. <laughs> Which isn't a bad aftertaste for no. something to have. It's really not. It's yeah. You just definitely don't taste much of the mint until until like you get past the initial burn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, this would be good on like ice cream. Oh yeah, that I would be fine with. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to drink like a a shake made with this. Yeah, just like a. (laughs) (laughs) Have a glass of Bailey's, please. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is good. I like it. Nice. Yeah, I like it too. Bring this to the next McDonald's trip. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us for that special segment. Now on with our regular programming. My next story is taco news. This is from eatthis.com. The headline is Taco Bell has added five new menu items. What? Yep. What are they? Sorry, I'm gonna that's tell the you. whole point of this. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what they are. Although, not to get you, I don't, I don't want to be misleading, two of the five are not nationwide. Oh. But the first three are. Okay. Okay, number one, the double steak grilled cheese burrito. It's a burrito with a double portion of grilled marinated steak seasoned rice, and sauce. Uh, as an extra upgrade, Taco Bell will top off the tortilla with a blend of grilled cheddar mozzarella and pepper jack cheeses. And if you want extra spice, you can add a jalapenos to it. Wow. That sounds really good, actually. 
the double steak grilled cheese burrito. Woo! All right. Head to my next Taco Bell trip. See if they've got that. Later tonight. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. We're doing <laughs> right it. Right after this. Right after this. Uh, the, number two, the Bacon Club Chalupa, which apparently has been on menus for like limited release times before. Mm. It's like a BLT, but a Chalupa. Yes. Huh. Actually, <laughs> that wasn't what I was going to say, but actually kind of, yeah. I don't know if that's the energy I'm looking for at a Taco Bell. It, it, says, <laughs> it says it's grilled chicken, bacon, avocado ranch sauce, lettuce, but also tomatoes and cheese, though, in a fried chalupa shell. Huh. So there's more than just like a plain BLT. Yeah, I'm sure it's good. I just, it's not really what I what I. It's not enough. It's not like... Meaty enough? Oh, no, it's, it's it's enough. It's just like, that's not the flavor profile oh, okay. I go to Taco Bell for. Okay. Yeah. What is the flavor profile that you go to Taco Bell for? Cheese and meat. More meat and cheese. Then. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Number three is an update to the Blue Raspberry Breeze and Wild Cherry Breeze Freezes. <laughs> say that, say that five, five times. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say that. I'm like, say that five times fast. Um, so these drinks are already on the menu, except now you can order them with a tropical twist of mango, pineapple, passion fruit, or lime. Hmm. So you can get a blue raspberry, mango, pineapple, passion fruit, lime, breeze, freeze. Wait, with all of them? No, I don't know if you can get it with all of them. I just said that. (laughs) That I don't know if you can get it with... A lot of flavor. (laughs) (laughs) Probably just, you can add one of those to either the blue raspberry or the wild cherry. But I know you you always get Baja Blast anyway. Oh yeah, there, no, so. those, not those. This is this is un not useful information for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number four. This item is only debuting for a limited time in Knoxville, Tennessee. If you're listening from Knoxville, Tennessee, you'll be able to get the cheesy chicken crispanada, which is like an empanada except it's filled with shredded chicken and cheese. Okay, and they're calling it a crispanada. Crispanada. Okay, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. I, I'm trying not to get too excited about it since I can't have it. but Unless you're going to be in Tennessee anytime soon, but which I, will not. I don't think you're going to be. No. And finally, number five, which will be getting a limited release in Birmingham, Alabama. The double stacked taco, which is, which is two tacos on top of each other. Two tacos <laughs> on top of each other for twice the price. <laughs> Uh, no, it, it is a it's a crunchy shell wrapped in a soft tortilla with nacho cheese sauce binding the two together. Which before I keep reading, don't they already have this? Isn't it called like something else though? I think they do have something like this, but it is. I mean, I will say it's a great combination having like a soft shell wrapped around a hard shell because like I know Barrio does that as well. I don't, is that a national train? I don't know, but they have like. The soft shell wrapped around the hard shell, and it just—it's real good. It's my favorite. Yeah. Well, that—that that is what. So it's the soft soft shell around the hard shell, mm-hmm. and then it sounds like a normal t- like it's beef. Oh, crunchy fiesta strips, shredded lettuce and shredded cheese. Um, and then they have like a couple different like variations of it with the filling, but sounds pretty good. Yeah, it sounds good. Kind of bummed that one's only in Birmingham. Yeah, also, not planning camp. on traveling to Alabama. You're not going soon, out. So. Yeah. Well, if anyone's listening from Alabama, congratulations! <laughs> congratulations, you've won. Um, so yeah, Taco Bell news. <laughs> I 
I might I might try one of these chalupas, honestly. I know you said it wasn't your your taste, but yeah. I guess I, would I try should try that. I should I should be more open minded. Give it a shot. My next story is asteroid news. This is from Mashable. A newly discovered asteroid could, but probably won't, hit Earth in 2046. Not again. <laughs> Why does this keep happening? It's, be- it's probably honestly because we've gotten better at detecting them. There's probably been so many times oh, yeah. when one's like been about to hit us that we just had no idea. It's just like whizzed right You're by. probably right. Um, so a newly discovered asteroid may collide with Earth on Valentine's Day about 20 years from now. <laughs> Valentine's Day? Okay. According to a tweet from NASA officials, um, according to the Space Agency's Planetary Defense Coordination Office, uh, the asteroid has a 1 in 600 chance of making impact on the planet in 2046. So it's still pretty low. But possible. Probably not going to happen. The asteroid in question, 2023 DW, is roughly the length of an Olympic swimming pool with an estimated measurement of about 165 feet in diameter. Um, so that's not that big, actually. It's really not that much of a danger, even if it were to hit Earth, it turns out. Um, yeah, I, well, I don't know off the top of my head like what the, so, the sizes equate so, to in terms of devastation. <laughs> yeah, so for scale, the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs 66 million years ago was 7.5 miles wide. Ooh. So this is 165 feet. Um, okay. But an impact from this like near a populated city could be dangerous, potentially. Um, they said that in 2013, a meteor about half the size of this uh, struck uh, Chelyabinsk, Russia. That was the one that like got really close to the city. Uh, generated a shockwave that damaged thousands of buildings and injured like 1,500 people. Oh. So this is like twice the size of that one. So if it did hit near like a population center, which is like statistically unlikely given how much of the earth is ocean and not populated, um, it could be bad. But yeah, it's probably not even going to hit earth in the first place. And if it does, it probably won't hit anywhere near. But still, they're keeping an eye on it. Um, okay. Yeah, NASA said that it has a very small chance of impacting the earth. Um, and they also will need some time to reduce the uncertainties and adequately predict orbits for uh, this object. So they don't like they won't really be able to refine their models until they get more data essentially and we're probably going to be okay. And even if it's about to hit us, we just did that one experiment where we were able to knock uh the the other asteroid off course or whatever it was with that dark yeah. mission. So um the article also mentioned that that just happened so like we really don't need to worry about this. <laughs> Statistics are on our side. <laughs> exactly. Okay, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. If you want to send us a story about world-ending asteroids or anything else, you can send us an email at knickknacknews at gmail.com. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.